Okay. Hey guys, welcome back to the Castle Podcast. Uh, speaking to you here outside of Good Coffee. My name is Brick Bain. Sitting here with a good friend, Sue O'Brien. And we're about to talk to you about food, uh, photography, coffee, just the world of like Portland and Vancouver. Um, before we get started on that, kind of just wanted to like give a little update on the week. Um, it's a little thing I've found myself doing, but this week's been real good. Uh, been real focused on work. My work, Proud Mary, has been focused in a couple magazines, and therefore this past weekend, recording on a Monday right now, has been like one of like the busiest weekends we ever did. And with busy restaurants and busy weekends, you always run into you know hurdles and bumps and stuff. And this has been like way smooth and stuff like that just, I don't know, gives confidence to everyone around you and shows like the truth of like momentum and uh, the quality of the people that we're working with. So I just wanna like give a shout out to like those guys at Proud Mary, uh, especially my executive chef, Barney. You know who you are, pounded in the work. Uh, to introduce my friend here a little bit, Sue is a food photographer. She lives in Vancouver, Washington, but that's almost like a suburb of Portland, Oregon, so she hits the Portland, Oregon scene pretty hard. Uh, really gets in there. I am almost for sure, I don't know this is a fact, but I feel like Sue's been to every restaurant in Portland and Vancouver. That might be a fact, might be not, but I feel like that's my opinion. Um, Sue, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you uh, for inviting me to be on the podcast. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, no You're making problem. making me laugh already. <laughs> so we first met at our bar yes. uh, a couple years ago when I was working there, and you were like real like getting into like photography. You're already like a big part of like the food scene. What has perpetuated you like getting into that more and more? I feel like you've been putting out a lot of content and mm -hmm. been you've been like involved in like the scene and working with like a lot of like restaurants or like even just like putting yourself out there and doing stuff on your own. Yeah, good question. Well, for one thing, I'm not working uh, in an office job anymore, so that's a big part of it. I have much more time, and that um, you know, it wasn't exactly a conscious choice, um, but once that happened and I was uh, let go at my last job, I decided to sort of pour myself into food photography and writing for a couple years, um, if I could, if we could, and uh, see what happened. Um, with not, so, you know, not much of a business plan other than just to uh, pursue what I like doing and um, meeting the folks who are making good food and um, good drinks and just finding out fun things to do in the area. And you're originally from California, right? I am. Born and raised in San Monica, which is in Los Angeles. What are, like, some early... Because, like, food's a big part of your life now. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's all a big part of our life. But particularly for you, what are, like, some early, like, childhood memories do you think that, like, shaped kind of the way you are now? Or are there any places that you really went to? Are there any foods that your parents fed you that, like, stuck in your mind? Oh, are you kidding? I grew up in a family that we bordered on food obsession, I would say. Um, my mom grew up pretty much on a farm and my dad in a smaller town in Illinois. And so my mom, uh, I think I'll just stick to dining out memories. I mean, my mother was, is a fantastic, a world-class cook, both a baker and a, and a, just a home cook. But they also at the same time loved to go out and would always take my sister and I from the time we were really young uh, to restaurants with them. 
Um, but my earliest memories are a couple things. One, going to Dodger games. So we had season mm-hmm. tickets. We'd go every week. And we'd either stop um, at Philippe in downtown L.A., which I think... I'm not sure if it's the oldest restaurant, but definitely one of the oldest restaurants where I think the coffee still costs about a dime. And they have a few more things on the menu now besides like the pickled eggs and the French dip sandwiches that are legendary. But we'd either stop there before the game or we'd eat a Dodger dog. Sometimes my mom would pack some meatloaf and we'd have a sandwich. And then on the way home, always Tommy's original hamburgers so uh, or cheeseburgers with chili. Uh, that's one memory. Um, the other one is on the way to the Dodger game and during the week when my mom would be cooking, we'd, or I think it was on Sunday nights, we'd have Elmer Dills, who was the local restaurant critic. Very interesting story. I have a post on, on LA <coughs> on my blog where I talk about him. He was a, a CIA employee, agent, I suppose you'd call him. Analyst. Um, and then when he retired, became a food critic. And he had a little radio show on Sunday nights, I think it was Sunday nights, where he would talk about sort of like the sort of middle of the road or maybe slightly undersung um, restaurants in Los Angeles. So not the hot new things, but maybe the more family restaurants where there was a discernible, you know, human element or um, person that was in there and had their finger on the pulse of the place all the time. And so we were always listening to that and trying out the places that he suggested, as well as I remember Gourmet Magazine sitting around and sort of planning family vacations around different, maybe more high-end restaurants or high-profile, lots of trips to San Francisco. But uh, you know, Saturdays were donut day. We went to Carl's Bakery in Santa Monica, got our donuts. Um, we, uh, I had my best friend, her dad ran a German bakery and we were there often, but just a lot of talk about food, a lot of visiting, uh, restaurants. And then the other places that we went to a lot were the apple pan, which is again, burgers. We, we like burgers in my family. That's a, an old-time place, a U-shaped counter place in uh, West L.A. And um, then we liked the neighborhood spots in Santa Monica. There was a place called Sweet 16 Grill that had these curly fries, and it was sort of like a, a diner, a real diner, not, you know, a sort of um, branded diner, but a, a real mom-and-pop diner. And um, regular John's for pizza. Um, those are a few of the places I remember going to often. But like I said, my mom was an excellent home cook, and so most of the time we were eating at home. So you got, it sounds like you got a lot of like your love of food and love of going to like different places and like scouting out what's going on in the area from your parents. Is- oh, for sure. I mean, my parents are legendary food people. Like my dad, you know, not only did we talk about food and what we were going to be eating next, but everybody had a strong opinion about what the best place where the best place to go was for a burger or a pizza or you know filet of sole or uh, Mexican food a taco that kind of thing and um, you know my dad is still known to bring his own pickles to restaurants and you know we always sort of cross our fingers that he's not going to make a scene and you know make a modification request but you know he comes with his bib and his cooler of Pepsi because he doesn't like coke and then my mom is the same way she's very particular very opinionated and uh, people called her the mayor of Santa Monica when we were growing up, or the other nickname she had was J. Edgar Hulse, because my maiden name is Hulse, um, because she was a little bit of like a 
into other people's business at least you know <laughs> wanting to know what's going on in the community especially like with restaurants and I do remember going to the apple pan you know my dad probably half of those waiters were you know his clients he'd either gotten them divorced or had done their prenup and um, so yes they were both very are very into food still to this day wow. <laughs> yeah uh, so when did that when did your love of food and going to different places and enjoying those experiences when did you start documenting those experiences not until recently really I I think it was around maybe 10 years ago when I was starting to pay attention to food blogs you know no, magazines weren't as popular and I started reading food blogs and deciding I remember thinking why maybe I'll just start a WordPress site just to get it out like what I'm cooking what I'm interested in doing and you know I was taking iPhone pictures and just sticking stuff up on there um, and I started my first blog I think it was in 2011 just nothing special recipes here's where I went nobody was reading it but I did meet a lot of people through the WordPress site and um, I would say like 90% of the friends I have right now are through social media and food blogging, Instagram, that kind of thing. So, Do you think if social media didn't exist, your friends would still be in like the same world since that's the thing you're passionate about in? Do you think it makes it a little bit easier nowadays? I'm really, I'm really not sure because I'm not a very social person. I, I do like to talk to people and get to know people, but I just don't socialize, especially in big groups a lot. And so... I, I don't even know. I'm not sure. I just maybe, but maybe not. That's super. You sound super self-aware in that. That you know that smaller groups are one-on-one. -on -one, you feel more comfortable in than big groups. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, big groups give me anxiety. Just thinking about it is giving me anxiety right now. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel the same. I've learned that over the years that. I feel like I'm kind of the same, like one-on-one -on -one or like in small groups, I feel like a lot more comfortable than, I don't know, going to a big party, unless it's, you know, a lot of people that you know, that way you can bounce around. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it have been nice to know that as a, a young teenager? <laughs> yeah. Most of the parties I feel like I went to as a teenager, I knew like a good amount, but definitely, I feel like when you go to like, I don't know, larger events like dances or something like that, you stick in your own little posse. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their own little crowd that they're... Uh, they're in. I guess that's how like society works though. You have your own little bubble and it's kind of hard to get out of it. True. But it's always fun to get break out. That's always like the best part of like making new friendships. So you moved from California up here to the Pacific Northwest. When did that all happen and why Vancouver instead of Portland? Well, two years ago, two and a half years ago, we packed up a car and drove from Los Angeles up here because my husband had retired from his job in the school district in California and decided he still wanted to work but the way his sort of retirement was structured um, could not work in the field where he'd accrued his you know benefits and retirement uh, could not do that in California so we started he started looking for jobs and just literally took the first one he was offered which was in Amboy Washington which is in uh, I don't know if you've been to Amboy it's a beautiful area farming farming kind of rural community that's um, north of Vancouver north of Vancouver it's about a 40 minute drive 28 miles uh, he drove one way every day uh, so he you know he flew up 
one weekend, found us a place to stay, and then a couple months later, we packed it up and moved. And we had been talking for years about uh, wanting to uh, relocate or wanting to move out of California, move from Los Angeles. And the one thing that was keeping me was, you know, my son and then my parents. Uh, but uh, we just, the time was right, you know, he retired and, and I was ready for a change. So we came up and we settled in East Vancouver, sort of almost near Camas and uh, were there for a year and then bought a house in the kind of downtown area a year and a half ago. In Vancouver? Mm-hmm. And we love it. How do you like living in Vancouver compared to Camas? A little bit, a little bit more of a city vibe, like a little oh, bit less in the oh woods. Oh yes, we were living in a huge apartment complex, um, in you know, right on Mill Plain, and so there was no walking your dog or like saying hi to the neighbors much. It was, mm-hmm. uh, I almost felt like a dormitory a little bit. And now we're in a neighborhood, uh, the Lincoln neighborhood, which I really love it. Uh, it's wide streets. Um, lots of kids and young families and it's very like middle class I I love it it's just it's quiet and it's about two miles from downtown proper so I've lived in Vancouver and I've lived in Camas worked in Washougal and I think and I've lived in Portland as well and I think some of the conversation that always comes up when you're talking about the food scene or just like business, local businesses generally is that that water barrier between Oregon and Washington is almost like prevented Portland culture or like everything that is Portland from spilling over to Vancouver or Washington side and it's for sure like starting to do that what do you think about like the scene in Vancouver like restaurants stuff like that compared to Portland oh I'm just dying of excitement because I think Vancouver's sort of exploding or it's about to explode and it's still got that sort of small town feel to it, but you can just feel that the energy is starting to buzz. A lot of people, young people, starting to move over, and, and older people who are retiring because of the um, lack of taxes on retirement. Um, yeah, the water barrier, also known as the traffic barrier, that bridge, um, was uh, was one reason why I decided to start writing about more about Vancouver specifically um, because it was just a lot of time in my car commuting uh, to Portland but I love Portland Portland is fun but Vancouver um, there are a lot of vacant spaces on Main Street that are just you know I'm dying I'm thinking maybe I'll open a pie shop or at least start with a pie truck or maybe a pie tent at the at the farmers market but there's a lot of uh, neat murals and historic buildings and a lot of vacancies and I think in five years that's all going to be very different because the waterfront development was just completed and so there's some nice you know apartments uh, high-rise apartments and businesses um, some of the more um, bigger businesses that like law firms for example that are downtown in Vancouver have moved their offices into that waterfront space and there's some some restaurants a few kind of cheney restaurants and other restaurants that are moving in all the time you know and i'm i'm hearing of things that are happening and it's very exciting the portland area seems to be well i guess it totally is very thriving on the fact that it's neighborhood centric like different neighborhoods or streets are very like clustered together and those are the spots you want to go it's always funny when people ask for recommendations when they come to portland because i feel like the typical recommendation is yeah go downtown these are the spots downtown to see but in portland it's not like that it's kind of more go to this neighborhood go to this street go to this part of town 
do you feel like in California that was also true like do you feel like there was barriers keeping from different areas to like spill over kind of how like there is between Vancouver and Portland or do you think that's unique to Portland and Vancouver Oh, no, I definitely think there's some similarities. I mean, Los Angeles is just huge, so um, the you've got to separate it out into neighborhoods. I mean, that's the only way. When I even think about writing about food in Los Angeles, it's I, you have to break it down into neighborhoods because there's so much good food, there's so much um, diversity, there's so many wonderful things to see and do that you can't you can't just break it down to like here's ten great things to do. I would. And, it, you know, each neighborhood has a different personality and a different feel to it, and they all should be sort of experienced, you know, instead of glossed over. I think from hearing from a lot of Oregonians or people that are super OG Portland that they never go over to the Washington side or they never go to, like, the west side, and I feel like that's always interesting. Even for hiking, you know, going to the gorge, like, oh, I've dominated the Oregon side, but I've never done, like, one hike on Washington side. Or, like, I've never been to Vancouver. I don't know what's going on in Vancouver. I always find that interesting. And then you hear everybody in Portland complaining about everybody moving here. You know, everybody getting real busy, prices going up. Mm-hmm. But then it's also cool to hear, like, the outskirts of Portland kind of, like, parading that and wanting more expansion in their own area so they can build up. I find like that that's super interesting to me. Like, everybody's moving out to the... Nobody people, not that many people want to live downtown anymore and moving more suburbs and mm-hmm. trying to build those suburbs up. Mm-hmm. Super interesting and to like see small businesses thrive in their own little ways or see one business turn into two businesses or open a couple of locations. That's always fun. Oh yeah, and that's happening in Vancouver too. You know, some of my friends or clients that have businesses or, you know, they're, they've got other things in the works, you know. Um, so it's, it's an exciting time for sure. So something that I really love that you do on social media is that you document different food and like the processes while you're like cooking or the recipes for it. Like on your Instagram story, you'll do step by step. Oh gosh. And I really like those because it's cool to be a part of a cooking experience, but you don't have to like do all the work, but also you don't get to like, you know, have the benefit of eating that glorious thing afterwards, but it's always fun. Do you find photographing your own stuff is more fun, or do you like photographing restaurant more oh, often? Because I know you're, you're a little bit of both. Yes, I, I much prefer going into a restaurant and photographing, although the quality of photographs, I feel, is better. You have more control over your environment when you're cooking at home, whereas when you go into a restaurant, you know, I never like to, to try to be too obtrusive and move food around too much, but... Um, I just, with the cleanup and um, everything that's involved in shooting at home, uh, it, it takes a lot more energy and it's very tiring for me. I'd much, uh, I, I don't like doing process shots. I, I much prefer to just put it on my iPhone, like you said, and document it in my stories. And yeah, it can be very relaxing to watch someone else cook, you know, from beginning to end. And I think I've stuck a couple pretty, very long stories on there, my pork pie and a sweet potato pie something like that but um, I, I don't like I, I don't really enjoy doing the styling at home I much prefer being in a restaurant because they've got the beautiful um, you know they've got plates and stuff and I just don't like the keeping all that stuff I'm in yeah. a period in my life where I'm sort of getting rid of things and I don't want to be accumulating props mm-hmm. and like 
forks and knives and we got rid of a lot of stuff when we moved up here and so yeah I, I definitely prefer to be photographing in restaurants or cafes that kind of thing and the food looks better too <laughs> so usually are there any uh any spots around town that you find yourself a regular at that you love taking photos in portland mm -hmm. or in vancouver well, Proud Mary. I remember I spent when they when they opened. I spent about a month there almost every day. And uh, looking back at my old photos from I guess a couple years ago, a year and a half or so ago, um, you know, I pretty much went through the whole menu. Their food is beautiful, delicious, um, and the folks are really friendly. And and I love what they're doing there. And the lights good if you can get you know in the towards the front. And I feel like they move people, even though it's a very popular place. They move you quickly, but without hurting you, H-E-R-D, hurting you like a, <laughs> an animal. Um, and, you know, I, Tusk is another good place where I like to photograph because the food is very beautiful and the light can be really nice. Um, but when I go to Portland nowadays, I'm mostly there for pizza. Lovelies. Did you hit Pizza Week pretty hard, the $2 I did not slices? Hit it. I didn't hit it at all. I've been focusing more on the Vancouver area. Um, I was in Los Angeles for, for a long time, or for almost a month um, in the winter, and when I came back I just had a lot of like catching up home business to do. So I've been, I've been staying more on the Vancouver side, and we do come into Portland on the weekends. We'll come in once, for week, once a week for brunch. Uh, my husband loves to come into Portland, you know, because he, he didn't have to do the commute for a year. He, we love checking out the different neighborhoods, um, and he has his favorite places that he likes to go, like Sweet Dee Dee is one of his favorite places. Uh, yeah. So I mentioned earlier that I have a theory that you might have been to every restaurant in Portland. Do you think that's true? Because I feel like that's true it's with the amount close. of posts you've I would, been... I would say it's pretty close, although it's hard to keep up with. I keep a notebook, and I keep a list of places that... I want to go to that I haven't been to and I definitely haven't been to a lot of uh, what you would call wine bars or um, even like breweries or brew pubs um, just because I don't drink and so I it's just those places sort of fall off my radar uh, easier than the sort of full-fledged restaurant um, and new places open so often but I, I have been to uh, a lot of restaurants and one of the reasons is and this sort of happened by accident but I was working when we moved here I got a job pretty quickly at a firm downtown and I found myself not only going out to lunch very often but going out to dinner so as to avoid the traffic so uh, I would be going out That's to dinner strategy. almost every night and I did hit pizza week hard the first year I think I ate nine slices in a week Jeez. Mm -hmm. And Burger Week, too. But this year, I, I just was not, I didn't make it in at all. What is Portland's food scene compared to L.A.? Um, it's a little bit smaller and more manageable, even though compared to Vancouver, it's, it feels absolutely overwhelming. But um, it feels maybe a little bit more... I don't know. I've heard it described, the Portland sort of food scene, as, as very highly personal. And um, I don't know that I'm really a good authority to tell you about for sure what the difference is all the, uh, other than size. Um, because I think all over, every time you're seeing restaurants open in, in cities, the focus really is on like farm fresh ingredients and... Um, 
and you know sustainable cooking and food that's beautifully plated too um, and so yeah I'm not so sure trailing off a little here about that one <laughs> are there any spots in Vancouver that you would like for sure recommend for people to pick out oh are you kidding yeah first Nanavo that's like my second home so Joey there have you been there I haven't no okay well it's literally right off the bridge mm -hmm. and he makes incredible incredible pizzas uh, small menu I guess he's got about 10 pies and always has a special pie and a special like vegetable dish or a salad uh, the food he works with local farms is very committed to um, sourcing his ingredients um, from excellent people on farms and um, he you know he he has a playfulness about him too with the with the vegetable dishes he does and the salads and one of the things i really fell in love with was on his salads like he'll smear the dressing or sort of a puree on the bottom of the bowl mm. and then you basically are dragging your leaves through it instead of I, one of the things I, I I don't order salads often because I can't get you know I cannot get a fork into the arugula it's like what's I just want to grab it with my hands I don't understand <laughs> the purpose of salads often give me a spoon you know or chop it up fine um, so those pizzas are fantastic I would call them um, you know sort of Neapolitan style because they're kind of a little bit um, I don't want to use the word floppy because that sounds sort of negative but there's they're softer, you know, they're not super crisp on the bottom. And the dough is, um, it's got like a nice mild, not super fermented taste and very um, nice tomato sauce and then sort of spare with the toppings. You know, he's got a sausage, a pepperoni, um, a tomato pie, a margarita and a bolognese and a chorizo. Both of those are wonderful. So that's one of my favorite places and we're there at least once a week. Um, Next door to Nanavo is Little Conejo, which some people in Vancouver consider to be more, more of a Portland place, um, that it has more of a Portland personality maybe, mm -hmm. it's, but it's wonderful. The food is very, very good, and they, have, they make their own masa. So not only do they make their own uh, tortillas, but they make their own masa. And the suadero, the caramelized beef there, is just one of the most delicious things on earth. And uh, they also do this neat thing where they they put their cheese on the flat top to sort of like, almost like, it's not a frico, so it's not that crispy, but it gets this nice burnished underbelly, and then they flop it on top of the taco topping, or they'll do that, or they'll put it on the tortilla, so it's this beautiful, almost lacy effect, and then lay the topping on top of that cheese. And um, exciting things are happening there. They've got a lot of mezcal, if you like to drink mezcal. Um, other places, I my favorite street right now in Vancouver is Fourth Plain. I just find myself going there over and over and over because there's a lot of taco trucks, a lot of Mexican restaurants that I love on Fourth Plain. Also, you know, it's known as the international uh, neighborhood um, or district. Uh, the Eastern European groceries, you know, my, my buddy Vladimir that runs like gifts of nature, fruits, you know, these random places. There's a Bosnian restaurant right off Fourth Plain that I really like to go to. You can get a great Turkish coffee there. And a, the way they make their burgers is they stuff them. They're like a Juicy Lucy, but they're not mm. called a Juicy Lucy. Um, and um, I'm trying to think of another place. There's La Pella that does like nice wood-fired cuisine over near Thatcher's Coffee, like off of Evergreen and that kind of area, which is close to downtown. 
Um, the Grant House is at a beautiful historic property on Fort Vancouver in the, um, in the Grant House. And they've got a wonderful um, porch and they do a nice like summer dining um, series and um, they have brunch. Um, but I really like, I really like finding those places that you just don't hear about. And they might not even be on social media and they don't give a rats, you know what, who you are. If you're, if you've got a camera, if you're even, they don't, you know, they just don't care. They're not, I love those places, finding those places. Um, there's some Mexican ones that I, I'm thinking of. There are some diner type places kind of out near Battleground too that make, you know, they, they make pancakes and waffles and the breakfast stuff and then they'll, they'll be open for dinner like three nights a week where they serve Midwest, like, you know, you get the prime rib and the, you know, the steak and potatoes kind of spaghetti and meatballs, like four entrees, you know, three nights a week, those kinds of places. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, as I think of other places, I might interrupt and say, oh, yeah, I, I forgot about this place. Oh, the pizzeria, which is going to soon be a brick and mortar, Pizzeria La Sorrentina. So Daisuke, Japanese fella who makes these amazing pizzas. I think Karen Brooks uh, broke out with a story about him a little while ago, calling it the best pizza in Portland, is in Vancouver. Wow. That's funny. And he's got a truck in Hazeldale, which is a little bit north of Vancouver by a couple miles. And uh, we love the pizzas there. There are, he's, I think he won uh, like a fourth place at a Neapolitan um, pizza championship. And he's getting ready to open a brick and mortar. They're doing some fundraising programs right now, and he's going to offer pasta and other things. Um, those pizzas are, are really wonderful too. And he's outside of uh, Cascade Brothers Brewery mm -hmm. up on 99th. So those are a couple places that come to mind. So you're talking earlier about how like your probably your parents sent the foundational uh, foundational food love and sounds like you really inherited that. Did your parents ever take photos of food or were they into photography in any way? Or did they document their travels like that? Well, my mother, <clears throat> no, my mother doesn't take pictures of food, but my father uh, was taking pictures and developing them in our garage. I remember being a small child and going into the garage and seeing the timer and all the chemicals and all that stuff. And we always had the family portraits they were all in black and white, you know, lining the walls and stuff. <clears throat> and my dad would, he always had all these, you know, my mother thought two expensive cameras <laughs> laying around the house um, and um, taking pictures on vacation, but never of food. But I, I think that I had the curiosity and the eye for sort of beauty and just sort of the story behind what I saw and what I liked and what was behind that. Got that from my dad for sure. He was more of the the camera the camera guy the artsy guy. Oh yes, my mom was definitely the practical one. She's, yeah, for sure. Have you ever explored other types of photography, or has food photography kind of captured you? I don't know. I mean, I love get, being on the street and just taking pictures of things that interest me. But I know not like wildlife or anything specific. Although that's, I now remember last week I did a shoot at a track meet and I had more fun there. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? If I never photographed a biscuit again, I'd be happy. It was so much fun being with the kids there. And, you know, I had to kind of tinker with my settings um, to make sure that I could capture the movement. 
But when I saw those pictures come out, I was so pleased and it was so much fun being a part of the whole experience. Uh, it was it was a blast. And so I do like taking pictures of people and um, architecture for sure, buildings. and um, But I, I've never done like any like landscape photography or like outdoor, you know, waterfalls, that kind of stuff like you do, <laughs> all that neat stuff. Does it, how does your, uh, I know your husband is your partner in crime and going to all these awesome restaurants and sharing these experiences with you. Do you like have his trusty opinion on everything and how does he feel about you documenting all the places oh, you're yes. going? Yes, well. Your Instagram story is already swollen with him, I love him. <laughs> right. He's such a good sport uh, and people may not realize that, you know, I don't eat everything that I post. Uh, he, he's usually the one that's eating it and he runs a lot so he can eat a lot. But, um, yeah, he's definitely on board for it. He loves going into Portland and checking out new restaurants, and he loves going back to the same restaurants. And He loves food just as much as, as I do and my family does. Um, he has more of a sweet tooth, I would say, for sure. So he's always looking for, you know, a cool bakery or a cafe mm. or coffee shop. That's In fact, I think every day of his 66-year-old life, he's gone and eating a pastry in the morning. He's trying to get out of that habit, but his dad was just like him. They both love their pastries. Um, so. Where is he from? He's from Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, I forgot about place that. place I've never been, but I'm dying to go. I feel like that was one of like our original connections between me and him. Yes, you're exactly right. It's always funny when, uh, when you meet somebody on the other side of the country and then you realize you have so much in common with them. I think he was wearing a Cincinnati shirt or something like yes. that. I think that's what I brought up. Or I may have been wearing a Cincinnati sweatshirt. You may have asked me, are you from Cincinnati? But anyway, yeah, it is amazing. That, uh, that Ohio, Ohio pride always comes out when I see somebody. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta stop them. I'm just like, hey, hey you. There's somebody the other day at the cafe when I was cooking, they were sitting next to me and they are wearing a Cincinnati Bengals hat. And he literally lived on the street that I used to live on. Oh my gosh. So crazy. What a small world. It's so crazy. I don't know. It's, yeah, it is a small world, but it isn't at the same time. Portland also is smaller than Cincinnati. So it's crazy to see like all, how all the connections uh, come together. I mean, just for the fact that like we're sitting at Good Coffee right now and they carry Arbard Granola, which is the place <laughs> that we originally met. So it's like... I don't know. We're very interconnected. Portland's a good community for all that stuff. I agree. So I'm super involved in the like coffee community here in Portland, and I know you're more involved in the food, uh, the food world. What's a great way do you think, or like advice for me to like, get more involved in like the food world? Well, are there like? I, I'll tell you what happened with me is um, I was on Instagram just interacting with people and people you know I would just start going to, to restaurants and posting pictures where you are and you'll get people saying oh I love that place and I started getting inviting to I guess what you would call influencer events mm. and that's how I met you know I, I would say at this point in my life I have more friends than I've ever had in my life like <laughs> and it's it's through meeting people at uh, restaurants restaurant events and, um, you know, I, I do try to read, like, Eater and um, Portland Monthly and Willamette Week and just to see what's going on, openings and attending, things like that if I can, if they're on the weekend or not at 
too crazy of a time during the week and the other thing I like to do is when I go to a place I really like to talk to the people who give me the food and ask them what their favorite thing is or how long they've been there or um, sometimes the chef will comment on a on a photo that I've posted and then the next time I go I'll try to make it a point to meet them and ask them like hey how did you start this or what's what's the deal where are you from um, how do you make this stuff this stuff is so good <laughs> so I just in one of you know like I said about my parents especially my mother she was always really had a keen sense of curiosity and interest in other people's affairs and I suppose I've inherited a bit of that too but um, I do remember you know my parents really always talking to the waiters and um, talking to them not necessarily about food although the first thing would be like oh you know it's really great tonight but after that you know talking about what's going on with the family and in the neighborhood and local politics and all that stuff so you know just getting out there and, and opening your mouth which not being a social person it takes you know sometimes a little bit more caffeine or you know um, you know trying to adjust my attitude before I go in and not be so shy so you seem to be doing a lot of like collaborations or like workshops with like other people and like meeting other people who are in the same thing that you are other food photographers and stuff well you know what I'm doing I I sort of am viewing this part of my life as like going back to school it's like I'm putting a couple years into growing a business and so I'm not really so concerned about like collaborating with people for money but sort of helping to well to form relationships and to help like to get involved with startups especially like people in my neighborhood or close to me that you know like on my way here I just picked up my community supported bread from my friend um, who started a, a home bakery this year and, and then this week he started selling eggs from his chickens so I'm really interested in documenting that and supporting that um, and then and I do that through pictures and words and um, uh, so that's kind of what I'm doing. I feel like that's one of the reasons that we get along so well or like when we like first had our connections because I feel the exact same that's like why I started this podcast that's why I like taking photos just because I'm trying to I feel like I'm surrounded by all these great people but I want to sh put like a magnifying glass on them or something like that because not enough people know about these people or you know the things that I'm consuming are of really big chefs or these people who are running huge companies and for sure like they're doing amazing things but I think the the underdog is a super undertold story yeah and I I listened to your introductory uh podcast where you talked about like the little micro moments and things like that and um I agree I, I think we both have an affinity for that kind of thing and it it is interesting to um to read the, the little stories that are a little bit more behind the scenes and, and watching people grow their businesses. So. I think I said it a little bit in, maybe I said it in intro podcast, but the story or even getting to know that person who's selling you that bread, I think maybe tastes that, like makes that bread taste even a little bit better, you know? Oh, for sure. Or the value of it in your mind is more than like what you're paying for it because you have more of a connection and a story behind it. Oh, that's so true. And also, if you've ever tried to bake a loaf of bread, it's like, and the kind of bread that Matt is, is baking where it's naturally leavened, you know, there's no yeast in there. That stuff is a pain in the rear <laughs> to make, at least for me. And I just, there are some things that I decide, you know what, this is just better for somebody else to do and to have me support them and I'll just buy it. <laughs> well, 
well, you're still really into cooking and stuff like oh. that at home, right? Oh, yeah, I love to cook. Or do you have a lot of recipes that are passed down in your family, or are you no. kind of exploring new things? No, so I, I'm very recipe challenged. I'm, I'm a little bit of a recipe rebel. I, my mother is also a very intuitive cook, but she is not as she's definitely, you know, has a stronger element of obedience to recipes than I do. I just seem to, I get to a certain point, I get 90% there and I'll either be out of an ingredient or um, I don't have the tool and I'll just say, screw it. You know, let me see if I can do this with it instead. And, or my curiosity gets the best of me and I think, but what if I just put a little like smoke dried tomato or some random thing in there or like something out of my garden. So yeah, I don't, I, I had a cookbook addiction and when we moved up here, my husband, you know, it came out of the closet and it was kind of a problem. So I got, rid I got rid of almost all my cookbooks. And now I just sort of, you know, I cook from, from what's local, what, what sounds good. And um, sometimes every once in a while with pie, I'll call my mom for a recipe. But other than that, I don't really use recipes. So in wrapping up here, Sue, I just want to say thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for... I don't know, just doing, being involved in the same stuff that I love, you know, sharing other people in the community and giving them more of a voice. I think it, uh, I think it definitely like empowers them a bit more, gets them a little bit more business and you're getting the word out. I really appreciate that. Oh, you're so welcome. Well, again, thank you for the invitation and I'm really looking forward to seeing your podcast grow too. And I will definitely, uh, be watching to see who you're talking to. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Uh, in wrapping up here, just one final question. I like something I've been doing at the end of every podcast is asking the person for their two cents on their own thing and I think your thing is really documenting the experiences that you have and sharing um, the people that you're getting to know in your own community what would be like your own two cents on somebody who wants to maybe like take that photo of their food or like that's too full, too nervous to bring out their camera or something like that oh just go for it I wish I would have started sooner, to be honest with you. Uh, start with your phone, maybe get a little camera. I started with a Canon Rebel. Start taking pictures. Um, it's fun, you know. Think of it as almost therapeutic, you know, writing about, um, you know, the food you're eating and what you're finding out in the community and what there is to do. And it's um, just go for it. That's my advice. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. We're wrapping up here, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Tune in next Saturday for another awesome guest here in the Portland community from the beautiful, rarely sunshiny Portland. I'll see you next week. Peace.